high participation of the community. So everybody is doing his part uh, because you think that, oh, those people, those countries doesn't have enough money. Well, you have enough money when you do the good things and it's increasing the well-being of a community. Urban Jungle brings stories from people around the globe that design and build a better world. I am Magda Flores and this is Urban Jungle. Welcome. Urban environments need your help. Be part of the solution. Check out our training courses on urban well-being. Developed in partnership with SIWEM, the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management. This is an interview with Sophie Paradis, Chief Conservation Officer at WWF Canada. Sophie, hello. Hello, Magda. Would you like to share a place you like to visit near where you live so that people know roughly whereabouts you are in the world? <laughs> so I'm living in Montreal, in Quebec province, in Canada. Quebec province, it's a francophone province, a state that we speak French, actually. So we are the only one, well, with other little uh, communities in North America who speak French. And we are very proud of our French heritage and food and wine and beer. And we are very... <laughs> We, we are very proud of our culture in, in Montreal and uh, with the, the other French community uh, in North America. Well, today, if it's okay with you, I will not try my French. <laughs> okay, it's okay. That's okay, that's fine. I would very much like to know a little bit about how you decided to work for WWF, which is a, such an amazing or global organization. Uh, you're right, uh, and it is a very, very uh, important organization for uh, nature conservation and community involvement and community growing through uh, conservation and nature's uh, nature in their own uh, city or in their own community. Uh, so I have a little bit atypic or different background than a regular biologist who, who've learned how to protect birds and uh, ecosystems. So uh, uh, I have a, a background in journalism and I wanted to be uh, without borders reporter. And I've traveled the world and uh, I was uh, very affected by not only the human condition, but also by the, uh, the nature and the impact of climate change. We are talking about 20 years ago when I was young and I was uh, afraid of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So slowly, I, I, I've just learned and learned and learned more about climate change and what's going on with nature and started to work in different angles uh, that their mission was to protect nature. And with that, I was a public uh, civil servant in the city close to Montreal, and I work on sustainable development planning and how to engage communities, how to be good, do better together to have better communities. Well, uh, six years ago, uh, Fortunately, I was very lucky, uh, WWF Canada, uh, because there is different WWF, you have WWF Nepal, India, France, UK, and WWF Canada was looking for 
someone to take charge of the Quebec province. It's different, it's a different culture. We need, as anywhere, you need someone local to understand, to promote, to, to, to work with local uh, organization or stakeholders and who speak the language. <laughs> so I, I became the, the director and now the chief of conservation in this huge province of Quebec. <laughs> Oh, wow. And in order to get into what we are talking about, which is basically to do with urban environment, would you like to tell us what do you guys, from your perspective, understand as urban environment? So the way that I, 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 I see, and it's mostly the same with everybody who works in environmental issues or nature issues, we need a house to live. We need a, a proper house. We need a green house to, to be comfortable. And that is what it is when you are working in urban environment. We need to build better you know, communities with a good and green infrastructure to be well in our cities. What we, and this is probably the best way to, to put it uh, with COVID confinement and the pandemic. People in urban and peri-urban area who doesn't have a huge you know, garden or live in small apartment, they need it and we still need to go outside to connect with nature. So urban environment is giving or bringing back nature in those compact and dense community to allow people to take fresh air or to, to, you know, the connection with nature is so important for the well-being of human. That's our job. So let's work with communities and mayors and uh, deputies and stakeholders, private. Let's work all together because it's in your our backyard. It's close to us. And let's build, you know, let's bring back nature in our cities. Yes, totally. Particularly when we actually think that 80% of people live in urban environments, isn't it? In places like the US, like uh, UK or Mexico or all those very urbanized, highly urbanized places. And even in places where there are not that many people globally, do you think that we are 50% of us actually live in urban places? That's a, that's a huge number. So to understand this better, would you give us an example of the work that you have been doing in Quebec? Uh, yes, and we are very inspired by, uh, by London, actually. Uh, bringing back my, my main work, I'm always looking at something that nobody do, uh, where we can have an impact. Okay, great, people are working on planting trees. What can I do to make my work more beneficial? you know, make my, my community benefits more from my work. So uh, the new, it's not new, but something very important. Uh, in the last hundred years, rivers and water uh, were hidden, you know, and that was normal. That was what we were doing in Venison like hundred years ago. The city was growing and we, needed to, 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 yeah, to hide those rivers because we needed houses or we needed a proper uh, sanitary, uh, sanitary, I can say that? Um, I think you can, yes. Okay, <laughs> system, because an open river, everybody was 
you know, uh, throwing their garbage into those little creek and rivers. So that wasn't the best way to have a healthy community. So um, I'm living, Quebec is the blue province. We have rivers, we have the St. Lawrence River, we have like an ocean, we have the, the, the Gulf, we have a lot of water. And that's why we are called the blue province. And in urban area, in the southern part of the, the, the province, like everywhere else in the world, we, we canalize, we, 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 uh, we have hidden our, uh, our rivers. And my job since the last four years is to identify where we can uh, daylight those rivers. Because we are facing with climate change, a lot of flooding, very, impactful flooding um, because and it's very expensive. People are anxious to live in those flooded area. So we have to, 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 to use nature or as we call it at WWF, like nat natural infrastructure to, um, to bring back nature and to, um, to, com to compensate it, to, to, to reduce the risk of climate change and their impacts in our community. Uh, unfortunately, roads are not good for that. They are cement, they are not <laughs> properly perfect to, to stop the water or to, to be a sponge. We talked sometime about uh, sponge cities. So uh, many cities around the world are doing that. Seoul is one of them. Uh, in, uh, in London, you did it. What we see now and what I'm trying to do here is to open the river when it, from, it, from the pipeline and when it's possible, because it's not always possible, but when it's possible, can we just daylight the river or recreate a new urban river to receive the water, to avoid the huge impact of flooding. So it's going well. We have uh, we have the city who is very interested about our work, the city of Montreal, and uh, we we, uh, we influence and inform and really sensibilize people about how it's important to connect with water. Even if it's not a huge river, it's important to have those blue infrastructure in our cities. So this is the one of my work that I'm doing. So the moment that you actually open the trench to bring in a river, I assume that you are also bringing in a lot of greenery on the sides and bringing in butterflies and trying to create a whole biodiverse environment too? Yes, it's part of it. Uh, we are losing uh, the biodiversity loss is very important in urban area. Well, all across the world, it's not only in urban areas. So to bring back birds and insects and to to pollinate, uh, pollinators, pollinator, uh, pollinate, <laughs> pollinators. Thank you. <laughs> um, so they, they they need space to to to, to thrive. So um, so yes, when nothing has been done yet, it's just studies and uh, it's planned. But when you open, yes, the river uh, or recreate blue or any green infrastructure. Well, yes, flowers and a more green space is coming with it because it's the objective of it too. It's bring back nature. Yes, I mean, all that becomes part of our wealth and our wealth is our biodiversity. It is all part of our natural capital. 
And I think now when people are looking at natural capital and everything that we have, then we become better in trying to understand how to make it better. And I assume that is somehow linked also with the work that you are doing with an awful lot of native communities, because you also have quite a few of these communities uh, dotted around Canada. Is that right? Yes, uh, only in Quebec we have a little nation uh, from, from the First Nations and yeah, the Inuits and the, the richness that they are very, the culture, the, uh, the, their concern, their, um, their proximity with nature and how they, 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 they see it and how it's implemented their own uh, point of views. It's very, very rich from us to learn uh, it's very important to learn from the First Nation and the, uh, the uh, indigenous community from, uh, to, uh, to, to, to make it better and from native plants also. So it's very important to uh, listen to them, what's going on. They know the land, they know uh, they have a huge history. So we have, to, uh, we have to listen to them, we have to consult them to, to see if this is good or not, what do you think, and what is the uh, cultural heritage. Because when, you know, protecting nature is not only like, okay, let's take that place and put a, put a dome on it and protect it and nobody have access because it's nature. No, nature is part of our life and an urban and peri-urban area. We have to we have to have access to it and there is history about that. Uh, for example, we have this river in southern Montreal named the Sepia River and what I've learned from the Mohawk community of Genawake close to Montreal. Um, so it was a place where the, the, the different community before the French and the English came in Montreal and in Quebec, <laughs> before them, it was a hot spot to rest, to exchange goods, to, you know, to exchange with other families and, oh, where is a good uh, spot for hunting? So now it's a, it's a highway and we want to bring back that river there, but it's a very important also to know where we are, where, what is the past uh, with everybody around the table. First Nation are the most important one and we have to, uh, to, um, to move on and go forward together. Uh, and it's new for um, for Canada. We don't have a good history, uh, a good, well, I don't know if you, you, you saw it, but we are in a dark period for how we treated and how we, we, we our relation with First Nation and Inuits. So um, there's a time to heal for them and we have to respect them and we have to listen to them. And nature is always a good way to heal. Absolutely. And how do you see the integration or certainly the respect between the cultures? Because um, to have them on your board is one thing, but what is the best way that has worked for you to make sure that people feel part of the community because they are part of the community? Um, everybody, whatever your background is, you know your hood, you know your neighbor. Uh, your neighborhood. So uh, <clears throat> to listen first, it's always the most important thing. I know, of course, I'm a specialist in, uh, you know, protection and conservation, but I don't know everything. And it's always important to sit with people and to listen to them. Uh, 
And from that, you can grow a project. You can, sometimes it takes more time, but you can build a project together. And I'm not alone. I'm not the only ecologist in those projects. We have a shared responsibility to, to make that project happen. So this is always the best way to do it. Actually, not only in environmental projects, but in all projects. You want to rebuild the house or you want to... Uh, redevelop an area, sit with people first, with local people, and listen to them. And it's not always good ideas, but sometimes you have very, very important and creative and very uh, impactful ideas coming from the people who live there, from the collectivity. So how does that link to well-being? We're doing that for the well-being of everybody. I want more trees on my street. I'm living in an urban area. I'm living in a, a small uh, neighborhood in Montreal where we have trees, but not that many. And we know that nature heal, that nature is a good way to, to, to relax, to, 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 to reconnect with the roots, to, to, to chill, to, um, to smile, to see biodiversity or local fauna. So the well-being of a community is what is supporting the community. Nature, environment is always the structure, the foundation of a community. And there you can build and you can grow. Um, you can grow like uh, in harmony with nature or in harmony with your direct environment. So uh, we see a lot of communities doing better because they first listen to their community and acknowledge the importance of nature and the well-being of their community is, is thriving. We can see it, we have results. So would you share a story about all of this, about how community participation has helped achieve well-being of the local people? We have a city, it's in Edmonton, and they were doing their uh, sustainable development plan for the city, Edmonton. Edmonton is like, it's the capital of a province, but it's very like low profile it's not like montreal or toronto or london it's very like a low profile people and not that how can i say uh extrovert uh but it's a very quiet place it's a different culture and they did that they asked the community what can we do what can it be sustainable for our community to build on to for the next generation and they did that and people uh, you know, when you listen to people, they feel listened, uh, listened to, uh, they will give you uh, action, they will take action. And that's what we saw in Edmonton. So people took action for um, just um, uh, cleanups, which seems very small. But when you have more than one person doing it, it's impactful. So they have small action for everybody to take and they are they have one of the best sustainable development plan with a high participation of the community. So everybody's doing his part, small or big, not only citizen, because it's not always the citizen fault. Sometimes you have businesses who have to be respectful and to take their own responsibility also. So all this puzzle, because it's a puzzle, a community is a 
little multiple pieces of a puzzle. So all together, they built a very, very uh, nice plan. And we're always talking about those big cities, but Medellin uh, is uh, in, in Colombia, uh, high, you know, uh, high uh, poverty level, um, a lot of violence. And the city a few years ago decided, what can we do? Okay, transportation, collective transportation is what our people need because they have to walk to go to their job. It's too far away. So they implement, uh, they have implemented a, a very effective tra collective transportation. And now you can see the, peop the, the people having uh, the, the uh, the rate of uh, people working is increasing and it's very a success uh, because you think that, oh, those people, uh, those countries doesn't have enough money. Well, you have enough money when you do the good things and it's increasing the well-being of the community. It's totally about putting in the effort where the need is. Uh, Medellin is a very nice story, obviously, all the others are as well. Anything that you would like to tell people out there? We are living a particular time with the pandemic, uh, and it's it's affecting everybody around the world. And the thing that we have to, all of us as a citizen, but also as a worker or as a part of an industry or as a part, we can do something. You you can be an influencer. You can just it can be small, but you can. You, not always be the leader, but you can do something. You can throw an idea. You know your neighborhood. You know, you know what you want and what is good for you. So um, share it. Share it with the local organization or your local administration. And uh, sometimes those little projects are very impactful and can pop up and, and you know, connect people together. We need connection after a confinement we need a lot of connection with nature and people so <laughs> yes yes please it's not always you know we we are living with oh it's always expensive to invest in in nature or in better communities no it's not and nature give us a lot of eco services that we don't have to pay like um, air quality filtration or uh, you know water uh, stocking. So we have to invest in our in our well-being, and it's a it's not it's not expensive. It's always a good thing to do. So what's next for Sophie Pardi and your work for the WWF? We will launch uh, some working with universities and different private partners and also local community uh, and First Nation about we want to, to launch um, a research action center named uh, Blue Resilience for Southern Quebec uh, because we are facing a lot of flooding and it's extraordinarily expensive the impact and the money that the government has to put to repair so uh we want the name is the research research action because we want to have the knowledge but take action also you know it's not only research it's let's take action together uh for um, building blue uh, cities and blue communities together. So that is the, 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 the next big step that we are working on.
So if we wanted to get hold of you, how can we do that? Yes, my name is Sophie Paradis and uh, Sophie Paradis uh, at WWF Canada and you can find me. My email address is sparadis at www.canada.org. This is Urban Jungle with your host Magda Flores. Thanks for joining and if there is a topic or people you would like to hear from, all you have to do is drop me a line. My email address is urbanwsolutions at gmail.com. Urban environments need your help. Be part of the solution. Check out our training courses on urban well-being. Developed in partnership with SIWEM, the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management.